all of a sudden, from around that little corner, I see these neon green figures floating towards me. And he said, what is that? And I moved the branch and I looked and it was this big, hairy something. It was the weirdest feeling and I just was like, I just want to get out of here. It was so real to me and nobody believed me. She started saying, I don't want to go upstairs because of the ghost sis. The ghost sis are up there. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast that's all about real-life ghost stories told by the people who experience them. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. And we're taking a little bit of a break right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to be back in mid-July with season two. Yeah, all season two, stories. Baby. Exactly. Oh, and make sure you're sending your ghost stories yes, to please. us. Get them that email address again. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. We thought this time it would be really fun to focus on not the ghost stories, the things that aren't ghost stories or about ghosts, but are still really creepy and cool anyway. I just want to emphasize real quick, we're not a UFO podcast. But we make exceptions. If it's a scary story, then we're all about it. Of course. Okay, so this is Nate's story. So this story took place when I was in elementary school. I would say probably second or third grade. Um, We moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, about 79, and we were there till about 1984. The house we lived in was just a ranch-style single story, um, but the property it was on. It was about an acre and a half. The property was very wooded. What happened that night uh, occurred, you know, right after I'd gone to bed, I'd probably been in bed an hour. So I hadn't fallen asleep. I know that for certain. I was laying there in bed and suddenly I sat up because there was this sound outside my window. And when I say outside my window, I mean directly outside my window as if it was right up against the pane, almost up against the pane. It was that loud. And it was really high off the ground. I mean, we're, we're talking, you couldn't look in it if you were standing flat on the ground. And so the sound is outside the window and it was an electronic I want to say electronic because it was nothing I'd ever heard before, maybe uh, almost like it was coming from a machine. And it was a pulsing, uh, repeating sound. And again, extremely loud. In fact, I'm really shocked to this day that I was the only one that heard it. In fact, I called out to my mother and uh, she said, "I, I never heard you. I never heard any sound. My brother never heard a sound, but this sound it went on for about two to three minutes, maybe a little bit less than that. And I remember that it would speed up and it gradually sped up and the pitch got higher and higher and higher until it peaked. Then it, you know, it kind of dropped back down in speed and, and pitch and got lower until it eventually it stopped. But I remember just laying there in bed, you know, yelling for help, yelling for my mother to say, you know, is that you? Are you doing something? Is that on the television? And not hearing any response from her, not even really hearing anything uh, uh, from the living room at all, hearing the TV. It, it very obviously was not coming from there. I just remember thinking to myself, okay, this is this is a UFO. What's going to happen? Something's going to come through the window. But there was never anything on the other side of the window. There was never a light. There was never a shape. There was just this noise um, just right up against the glass. Never heard it again. Never experienced anything like that again. But it is firmly burned into my memory. And, you know, talked to my mother the next morning. She said, never heard you cry out. Never heard you yell. Never heard you call for me. And I was screaming. 
So that's my story. Okay, if this was me telling the story, mm-hmm. we could all safely assume that it was my sister pranking me. <laughs> like she would have somehow had like wires and cables, some sort of weird audio box or something, just messing with me. Man, your sister's hardcore. She's harsh. She's. I will tell you stories. We need to get cocktails again, and I'll tell you about what she did for my tenth birthday that like ruined me and ten other little girls in Burlington, North Carolina. Is she older than you? Yeah, that's she is. why. She, mean older sister. Mean. She could be so mean. But so here's the thing with Nate's story. Just for kicks after listening to this I googled alien sounds in Charlotte North Carolina okay so I love that already (laughs) because I really I need to hear it you would not believe how much stuff pops up and not just audio video stories specifically around Charlotte North Carolina so here's a little sample of some of the audio I found Like, that's like some apocalypse sounding I stuff, right? I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's not at noon. No. It's not a circling tornado alarm. It's like impending doom. Oh, yeah. And this is just a, a small example. Like, there were other ones that had a, a very much more like like trumpet sound, no. you know? Like no. the horsemen are going to come riding that's in. That's what this sounds that's, like to me. Yeah. And there are so many examples of this. A ton in Charlotte, but if you just Google these alien sounds. All right, you, you can turn it down now. <laughs> Did you run any of those? Did you run this by I Nate? I did. I sent it to, to Nate. Yeah. Then Nate just fell down the rabbit hole of listening to all of this audio. To find the one that sounded most like what his experience yes, was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he never found anything that he felt exactly replicated it. But yeah. he did find, he said if you layered some of, of it on top of each other. Oh, like a white noise kind of thing too. Then it might, then that might be it. But yeah, so he was fascinated digging through all this stuff too. So I don't know what it is about Charlotte. There is like an Air Force base nearby. And a lot of the stuff was explained away by the Air Force Base. Uh, which is like soon- Roswell? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. But that's the thing. Anytime you start reading the comments on it, there's always a naysayer who's like, guys, all are so stupid. It's clearly like skydivers holding flares. Duh. There's always that one. I'm like, because, shut up. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. Right, I don't right. think so at all. So just for kicks, go and Google alien sounds or UFOs in Charlotte, North Carolina, but don't do it before you go to bed. But there was another story, Leslie, that you always told kind of in conjunction with this one that you have to tell. It's about like you breaking the law and I love the story. Oh, well, this one came from the same game. All right. We were playing a game one night and one girl was talking about, she said, well, you know, sometimes you'll be driving in the car and all of a sudden you just get this creepy feeling that someone's in the back seat and finally you can't stand it. You just turn around and look real quick to see if someone's there. And of course there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, you know, when that happens, that means that you've just avoided death in some way. Uh, we were all like, you know, she said, you know, kind of like that rabbit just ran over your grave kind of thing, as they call it, you know. Oh, my Got God. I feeling for a moment. I think I've I avoid death every single day because I'm constantly thinking there's something in the back of my car. I'm not joking. Like every morning I look in the backseat of my car because I think something is going to get me. Right. Because you're dodging well, death just ah! over and over again. Well, <laughs> I, I actually like think that. that's probably a good safety thing to do anyway. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad idea and it doesn't mean you're a nut. But um, that's true. So, so that was the whole t- gist of the conversation that night. So about a week later, uh, I was dating a guy and his family had a, a mountain place about 45 minutes from, from where I was in school up in the mountains. So, you know, to drive it, there was a long way that you could go that would take over an hour or you could take the back way on the Blue Ridge Parkway and get there in like 45 minutes. 
the unfortunate thing was this was like in January and the Blue Ridge Parkway is closed during the winter. It's not maintained. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being the really intelligent college student that I was, right. you know, I said, oh, well, I can just drive up there and move the sign and get onto the parkway, mm-hmm. which we would that? actually do, do from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Just just to get to your boyfriend, right. you dirty yeah, girl. You know, <laughs> I mean, we've done it before, you know, go up there, move the sign, get on the parkway, drive you around for a while. way more so, loyal than I would ever be to anyone. Oh, no. I'm not yeah. going to go, you know, like, <laughs> move fences and signs to yeah. get to someone. It's like, you're on your own tonight, sweetheart. Well, well, you know you're a real Einstein when it's, you know, January at night and you're in your little Honda wagon that's already got 100,000 miles on it with a quarter tank of gas. And back then, you know, no cell phones, no radio reception even on the backside of the mountain. Mm -hmm. But you're going to get on the parkway where there's no traffic and no lights, right? Again, dirty girl. (laughs) Really smart plan. So I get in the car and I start driving. I'm going along and making pretty good time. And I come around this curve and there's this real pretty little mountain country church sitting there. It was very, very pretty. And I'm thinking, gosh, I don't ever remember seeing that church before. So I slowed down and I was kind of looking and it, it actually did have a little security light so I could see the church and see there was a little cemetery next to it. And I thought, what a pretty little church. I can't believe I've never noticed that. And all of a sudden I got that feeling where the hair starts standing up on the back of my neck and oh God, something's in the back seat, you know, and here I am out in the middle of nowhere by myself. And I couldn't stand it. I turned around and looked in the back seat. Of course, nothing's there, thank the Lord. But I had slowed down because I wanted to look at the church, and it was kind of on a little curve. So anyway, I hit the gas, and I start speeding back up to you know start making good time again. And I round the curve just, just a short distance up the road from the church, and there's been this big rock slide. The road was completely blocked. Oh. And I've, I've always told Julie, I am absolutely convinced had I not slowed down and really looked at that little church and then had that creepy feeling, you know, had I not slowed down, I might have, I mean, literally the road was blocked and there were still little rocks falling. Like you could tell it had just happened. Totally. Now, is that not freaky? Oh, <laughs> my God. Totally. That was like straight up Jesus in the back of your yes! car. Like Jesus yes! takes the wheel, just Jesus like. take the wheel. Yeah. The rabbit oh literally ran over your grave. I love that it story. Did. Isn't that something? I know. Somebody was looking out for me that night for sure. Oh my gosh. Rebecca, this is my friend Kristen. She Hi, Kristen. lives really close to me. And uh, she actually Hi, told Rebecca. me she told me ages ago that she had a ghost story. And I don't know the story. I haven't heard it yet. So I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. Oh, my goodness. Well, just to give you some background, this was in 1995. I worked for Fairmont Hotels National Sales Office in Washington, D.C. And so I represented what was then six hotels around the country that the Fairmont brand. And those were the Plaza in New York, the Fairmont Chicago, the Fairmont San Francisco, the Fairmont San Jose, the Fairmont Dallas, and the Fairmont New Orleans. Okay. And when I started this job, um, which was the summer of July of 1995, the first three weeks of my job, I traveled to all six of those cities and toured our Fairmont hotels and all of our competition within the city. So I spent literally three weeks touring hotels. Uh, My last stop after three very tiring weeks was the Fairmont New Orleans. And to give you a little bit of background on that hotel, um, it was built in 1893. One of, uh, I don't know if you recognize the name Huey P. Long, but I believe he was the governor of Louisiana in the 1930s. And then he also, I know, was the U.S. Senator. So he was a very famous Louisiana politician. Okay. And he he actually had his state residence in what they called the Fairmont Suite of that hotel, um, which 
was probably on the top floor. I can't remember, but it is almost like a, a residence more than a hotel. Like more than the a penthouse hotel suite. or whatever. Very, yeah. very large. Yeah. So as a VIP, because I was representing all these hotels, when I checked into the hotel, they were like, oh, you're staying in the Fairmont suite. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, okay. So Bellman brings my luggage up. We walk in, and this was at night, mind you. Okay. And I was exhausted. So I walk into the Fairmont suite and it had not been renovated probably since 1930. Awesome. Oh, even better. <laughs> very dark, very old, just dark and old. And so I came in and, you know, he dropped off my luggage and I kind of um, unpacked in this huge walk-in. There was, you know, a big bedroom and I was going to meet the salesperson down for dinner in the hotel restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I went down for dinner, came back up. So I'm exhausted. I lay down in the bed and I'm like, you know, on my side and I see this door like right next to the bed. Okay. Right, it's right next to the closet too. And it had light around the door. Like you could tell Ooh. that there was light in the other side and I could hear water running. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is so weird. And so I got up and I'm like, do I open this door? Yes, like, yeah. open the door. So open the door, Kristen. Uh -huh. You have to. I, I, so I opened the door and it was this tiny bathroom. Now, I don't know if I was imagining this or what it was, but it was like someone was in the shower taking a shower. And this was late. I mean, this was probably midnight. I guess there was somebody taking a shower, but I was literally, I opened the door and I was in somebody's bathroom. And I was like, what? So I closed the door and I realized that there was no lock on my side. And I was like, this is weird. This is so weird. And so I called down to the front desk and I'm like, there's a bathroom that's like attached to this suite. It doesn't have a lock and there's someone in there. And they're like, man, we don't know what you're talking about. There's, <gasps> there's not. And I'm like, yes. Like, and they would not believe me. Wait, like the and room so, doesn't even exist actually? No, but I walked into the lighted bathroom right. with someone taking a shower. The non-existent room. Oh, in, oh my God. So wait, so like you turn back, is the door gone? I called them. I said, I want out of the, the suite. Like I was <laughs> like, like now. this is weird. <laughs> yeah. I called. I'm like, I want to check it. Please, can you move me to a regular room? Mm. And they're like, ma'am, it's one o'clock in the morning and you're in the Fairmont suite. Why would you want to move to a regular room? Because there's somebody like, in my shower. Like, there's something going on in this room. So the bellman comes up and he helps me one o'clock in the morning, load all my clothes up, all my stuff. I couldn't wait to get out of there. They moved me to another regular room. And the next morning, of course, I was the talk of the whole hotel because I was like, why would our guests check out of the Fairmont suite? And I was telling the people in the sales office, they were like, couldn't believe me. And I was like, y'all don't understand. I walked into a bathroom and someone was taking a shower. And they're like, there was no, what, we don't know what you're talking about. Oh, like they acted like, they acted like I wasn't making sense and I was like I swear I walked into a bathroom there was someone taking a shower is this the haunted AF podcast this is so for, okay. let, can we just say that you're the exception to the haunted AF rule <laughs> like you are not a ghost story but your story is so amazing that we had to have you on is it I don't even care because I haven't heard a really good Bigfoot story <laughs> and when Rebecca said that you had a Bigfoot story I was like oh we are going there yeah. I'm sorry because well you know I have um, a daughter who used to be all into Bigfoot now she's too old and she acts like it was never a thing Ugh, lame. I know that bums me up we don't go out like knocking on trees 
trees with the <laughs> and sticks do it anymore. Making yeti noises. And making yeti noises. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know how to make oh, a no, yeti you noise. Scream. It's just, <laughs> you just scream. No, it's not Chewbacca. It's you, not. You, you have to scream like a woman because that's like the noise they make. <laughs> well, so, I don't know. Let's ask Billy. He's Billy. the one that knows. He's the only one that's ever witnessed a Bigfoot. Okay, tell us your story. <laughs> well, so I grew up in a small town called Lamar, Colorado, and it's not in the mountains. It's more on the plains, like close to Kansas. Okay, so this is like a city Bigfoot. Yeah, that's what I already <laughs> like about it. Well, it's a small town, okay. and uh, there are treed areas, and we used to go by this ravine, and it was between a couple of houses and some farm fields. And there were some flumes, some water pipes that ran across this ravine. And we used to go mess around there during the day and cause trouble and stuff like that. Well, one night we went in there because we saw some kids building a fort earlier that day. And we thought, wow, we'll go check out that fort that night when the kids are asleep. And how, wait, and so how we old went. were you? How old were you? I was about 15. Okay. I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> yeah, I saw you as like a 30-year-old dude. I'm like, I would so <laughs> go there. This is a full-grown village. Kid yeah. hanging out in the forest, hanging out in the ravine. I would just so go to that Playing fort. in the sewer pipes. Okay. I'm sorry, so keep going. So you go out to check it, was, it out. It was last week. <laughs> no, so so we go check it out, and it's it's three of us me, Mark, and Kurt. And Mark has his back to us, he's kind of checking out the fort. And I see Kurt looking across the ravine, so I walk down towards him, and he's looking across the creek, and he pointed and he said, What is that? And I moved the branch, and I looked, and it was this big, hairy something crouched down. And we looked at it for a little bit, and it got up, and it jumped sideways. It jumped, like, like parallel to where it was, but it was huge. When it, when it jumped, it was gigantic. Like, and we had no idea what it was, and we wanted to observe it some more, but I freaked out. <laughs> I, like, yelled, like, whoa! And I started running, and my friend ran, and we grabbed Mark, and he was like, what, what, what? And I said, we saw something. And so we ran all the way back to the street where there was light. I love that you call it something. Like, you won't actually call it Bigfoot, but you're like, I saw something. A big, well, hairy something. That's a Bigfoot, it was yo. A, yeah, it was a big something. I can't really say it was Bigfoot because I didn't get, you know, so close of a look to it, but there was moonlight and I did see it. But uh, since I yelled and ran, <laughs> it kind of... Okay, about, so how big? Thank you. How tall do you think this thing was? It was probably... Like eight feet, nine Dude! feet. Dude! Yeah. Okay. And that is not like ape size. No. Uh-uh. At all. So there's like no way this thing could be a monkey or an ape or a no. goat okay. or anything, right? Here's, here's a weird question. No. When it jumped to the side, was it mm-hmm. like elegant? Was it, or was it like, you know? <laughs> Apey? It was pretty elegant, actually. Yeah, like, because Bigfoot clearly has to be sure-footed and quiet. Because totally. no one except Billy and who was your buddy? Mark? BJ? Squee? So there is another person out there. Does Have y'all compared notes? Yeah, we, Kurt and I would tell people, well, in fact, a couple of nights later, we told the whole gang and we all went looking for him. This time we were prepared with flashlights and all kinds of stuff. And we went looking, but we never found him. on fire. It's like Stranger Things. Yeah. They're the original yeah. Stranger oh Things. Oh my God, there are other little bikes. Except for, they're not looking for the aliens. They're yes. looking for Bigfoot. And there's no waffles. That's, That's adorable. Okay, okay. So Wait. you yeah. all went back to look. What'd you find? Yeah. We 
didn't find anything. Like no we, footprints? We, no, we didn't really find footprints or any uh, leftover, you know, carcasses or anything like that. <laughs> did you uh, say dog? Or I broken did. branches or anything like that. Gosh, that's a great story, it's Billy. It's so good. Like, and then, like, later on, as I got older, I would, like, drive out there because there was a, a road kind of next <gasps> to it. And I would, we'd, like, drink beer in my car, sitting in my car, and we would tell that whoever was in the car, we would tell that story to. Oh, my gosh. And, and we were, they were like, nah. And I was like, listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not saying it was Bigfoot, but it was something. And it wasn't human, and it wasn't a bear, and it wasn't a monkey. And it was definitely hairy. Yeah. But yeah. eight feet tall, because I'm thinking, like, okay. That's huge. If it was, like, I don't know, just some random guy living in the woods or something. Right. Who's out there taking a poop. Yeah. And maybe he, like, <laughs> tries to run away. And then you guys see him, so he just kind of jumps to the yeah. side. Like, that's one thing, but eight feet tall. That's a totally that's, different yeah, story. not mistakable. All right, guys, remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. Did you like what I said? Twitter? 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 <laughs> Thanks to our board ops, Ziggy Becker, and to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song, and also to On Air Media for their titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you, baby. Oh, <laughs> I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca. Ah!